What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her. Right Pack Radio would like to thank STL Books for allowing us to record in their office. STL Books is an online bookstore specializing in new and used high-quality literature, children's books, and books written by or about St. Louis. Please visit them online at www.stlbooks.com or find their store on the Amazon.com website. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host, David Allen Lucas, author of science fiction, horror, mystery, poetry, and articles. Today we're going to talk about women in fiction, a general conversation on characters versus caricatures of the way women are represented in fiction. This is going to be basically an opening topic. We intend to, Right Pack intends to talk about this more at a later time. And we really would like your help on this conversation. So please find us either on Blog Talk Radio or on Facebook or Twitter and send us your comments. Today with me is... Kathleen Kayembe. I write paranormal romance under the pen name Kiseka and Vita. And might be a little off today, so I'm sorry in advance. My name is Jennifer Stolzer. I'm a fantasy author and illustrator, and I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm Melanie Kalani. I write science fiction, fantasy, and nonfiction. I'm Matthew McGraw. I'm an amateur short story writer, and I'm working on a picture book called uh, Patrick the Spider with Jennifer. And uh, I'm a manly man who is manly. I'm glad to hear that, I'm Fedora Amos. I write Victorian whodunit. You might like my book, which is Jack the Ripper in St. Louis, set in 1898 St. Louis. I'm also president of Greater St. Louis Sisters in Crime. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. He's a manly man. He's not there, supposed to. Oh, that's right. You, well, they yeah. let misters and sisters. Yes. That's right. We're really? not sexist. No, no, yes. no. Oh. You're a man. You well, don't have to do these things. Yeah. And oh, on that I note, wouldn't be in any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> and on Thank that you, note, <laughs> I thought that was Mark Twain. Was you know it? what? I think we should talk <laughs> characterization and stuff because I was already pigeonholing Matt. Yes. <laughs> let's, talk, let's, let's do talk. <laughs> we can talk about men in times in which they've been characters versus caricatures, but let's really talk about women. And unfortunately, I really wish society had changed more than it has over the past several decades and, and century. As we can see in our modern day culture, our real life culture, that women are still somewhat prejudiced against. And I mean, I'm just going to use an example and I don't want to throw it out there, but I'm going to move this into fiction. Look at the CEO for G- 
CEO for GM, mm -hmm. female. Um, she was asked recently, I'm trying to think by who, but she was asked recently, how can she do her job and be a mother? Mm -hmm. Same question for any man. How can you do your job as a CEO and be a father? It's nothing different, uh, but yes, a perception of, and that perception feeds into fiction. On a related note, um, there was talk of Hillary Clinton having a granddaughter, and people were like, well, she's definitely not going to run then because she's going to be a grandmother. And it was pointed out that, no, other people running for president in the past have had many grandkids. Mm -hmm. They just were men, and so it was never brought up. Well, and, uh, like, she's just a grandmother, right? You just show up to do babysitting every once in a while. You don't have to be there the but whole time. But it's the first grandkid, and <laughs> she's a woman. She's just a grandmother, which means she's it is incapable. She's incapable of being anything but that. Oh, uh, she can't also be a presidential candidate while she's a grandmother because she's busy. Being another a thing on the matter of moving more towards the arts, and I'm sorry I can't remember her name because I really don't follow opera, but there was an opera singer that apparently did a great performance, and of like the five or seven major reviews. Two of them bothered to say how she sang, which was excellent. Mm -hmm. At least four of them made a point, and a couple of them made a point without even mentioning her singing to say that she didn't look good. Mm. And oh. this was an opera singer, and they didn't mention her performance singing. They mentioned that she was too fat to be an opera singer. So we'll Aren't they aware that... The opera's not over till the fat lady sings. That was part of the irony. <laughs> I 100% uh, apologize for that. That was a no, really that was, low blow. That was hilarious. Yeah. It was a terrible joke. So let's pull this into yes. fiction. Let's pull this in. Let's get this yeah. away now from the real world and put this in the uh, Alice, Alice's mirror of the real world. The world of our fantasy. The world of our fantasy. The world oh, of our wait, fiction. No, 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 wait, wait. I think this is worth pausing over. Okay. The world of whose fantasies? Because ah. the audience is extremely important, and I would like to uh, ask you guys who you think generally women in fiction are written to be the fantasy of. Well, I think that depends, depends on the genre. genre. Yeah, yeah, 100%. but for, uh, yeah, for instance, in romance, they're written to be the fantasy of women, but they're not even written necessarily to be what the women really want to be. They are written to be what the women want to imagine their lives like, which is different than what they actually want to be. So they, women might like reading a Victorian romance where the woman's, the heroine's chief problem is finding a good husband, but she doesn't really want to live that way. Yeah. So similar to a guy watching, I don't know, Star a Trek and being like, I want to be Kirk, or like, I want to be Conan the Barbarian. Conan yeah. the Barbarian would be a better yeah. example. Yeah, power fantasy. I wouldn't yeah, mind being... You know, the captain of a starship in a post-scarcity future. Yeah. But being Conan the Barbarian would be a little uh, stressful, <laughs> I, I would think. Well, every, so, you know, uh, a power fantasy is a power fantasy, not necessarily a lifestyle fantasy. So let's go, let's start off with, what are some of the annoying things that we would see? Either, it doesn't matter who it's written by, it could be written by a male, it could be written by a female. I've seen this also in females. Mm -hmm. written fa fiction <laughs> that annoy us and seem to pigeonhole the woman as basically a trope, a caricature mm -hmm. rather than a character. And I'm going to say two things and I'm going to let you guys all kick it off. Since we talked about fantasy, there is no woman in her right mind who would run around in a chainmail bikini. <laughs> it doesn't cover the vital targets. And it chafes. It, well, mm -hmm. That too. <laughs> 
if you want to see what a woman would wear into combat in medieval times, and there were lots of women that did it, but Joan of Arc, great example. Um, second thing I'm going to talk about is, and this I think comes from our fairy tales, and is a continuation of our fairy tales, is the woman who needs to be rescued. Even if she's the main protagonist and get kicked butt, supposedly, yeah. she needs a male to rescue her. Bullcrap. Yeah. Uh, on um, Feminist Frequency is the YouTube channel. Anita Sarkeesian has a series called Tropes vs. Women in Video Games. It oh. sprung out of her Tropes vs. Women uh, kind of overview five, six, six videos that she did for Bitch Magazine. Those were all really short. But she then st- did a Kickstarter to do a more in-depth set of videos, Tropes vs. Women in Video Games. And it started an internet... I don't even know the word for it. Frenzy? Frenzy, yes. Playmore? Playmore. She was harassed terribly by, like, a subset of male gamers online. Just entirely inappropriate. And Mm. it meant that, like, it caused so much upset with the rest of the internet that even people who didn't really care one way or the other were like, oh no, we are contributing to this Kickstarter. That is unacceptable behavior. Yeah, she, um, she, I don't remember what interview she was giving, but she said that she gets uh, rape threats and death threats daily because of her position on My question is, they really games. should have, they should, I'm, I think they do have someone dedicated at the FBI to go after these, but they really, you know, making a rape threat and a death threat to people is a crime, even if it's over the internet, and uh-huh. it, you can be sent to prison for it. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, that actually brought out um, the, the the frenzy and then the media coverage about this Kickstarter and what yeah. it had started in, on the internet brought out what happens to a lot of female gamers online. Just like mm-hmm. little things you don't think about that are just unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But back to fiction, in which gaming is fiction. Fi- modern day gaming is really a story in interactions. interactive story told on the computer that you are the character playing. Um, I think it applies. I think it does apply. It definitely applies. But taking it back to books or story, other other forms. Well, I don't want to get away. I I don't want to focus on gaming. That's oh, we will. I just I meant um, in in crime stories. I'm going to use an example of. A lot of times you see this on television. Sometimes you see this in the books. Is the woman character is not able to do her job. Unless she is homosexual, it's it's it's, uh, it's blows my mind that they have to do that. And any character, it doesn't matter if it's homosexual or not, if they got the job, they're usually competent enough to do this job, and it doesn't matter where their reproductive organs are located. Can I please go off, and Jen, will you please help me? <laughs> I love the Riddick movies. Oh, my. Well, and, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> there was a lesbian in the most recent one. Her name was Doll. Oh, oh freaking goodness, I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the reason why she's awful. So she, um, in the in the beginning, there's this guy who is not part of Riddick's crew who's a jerk, like a sexist, misogynist Literally making rape threats jerk. He's transparent as a piece of glass. I There's nothing complex like about him. We need to him. save him for the male tropes. Well, well the, no, no, he's no. part he's of this. Smarmy. He's yeah. smarmy. Okay, he like, was set up specifically for this character okay. point in mm-hmm. Doll's character. And um, 
she's awesome. She's a badass. And she's one of the... She should have been. <laughs> she started as. Yeah. That was the problem. She started as a badass. He came on to her and she was like, I don't like men. And um, basically could have flicked him with her finger and he would have flown across the room. Cut to the shower scene later where she's taking a shower. Why is she the only person who ever takes a shower in that movie? <laughs> okay. And... Um, when she comes out, she is completely helpless and girly. She is well, attacked. Well, what, what happens in the shower scene is Riddick shows up. Riddick is our hero. Riddick reaches for her while she's not looking, with her eyes closed, with water on her face. He reaches out as if, I could grab you and I could take power over you right now. But then he grabs something else and leaves to prove that he's the good one. And after that, she becomes his sort of sexual prize. Not that he's seeking her actively, but that... From then on, the movie plays her more as if he does a good job, he's going to get her in the sack, even though she said outright that she was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And they do. They do, yes. It was really he, weird. He downright sexually harasses her, and she uses she treats it as a turn-on. Like, he, you know, he tells her what he wants to do with her sexually, and she's like, oh, really? And it's not, like, you know, romantic. It's in front of a whole bunch of people, and it's supposed to be demeaning. On that note, the male power fantasy, I think, also relates to this. Yeah. Because Riddick totally is. Oh, yes. Agreed. Let's go, I want to step back away from the male power fantasy um, and go into other other aspects. Geely, extreme example of what we just talked about. Never watch it. I'm sorry if you did. <laughs> I've never heard of it, so We're it's all good. sorry if you watched it. It won a Razzie. Okay. It won several Razzies. It's one of the worst movies attention. ever made. Sorry. You going? Okay, so... Let's take a look at book covers, and let's look at um, movie posters, and that counts also for television pictures uh, that are posters for various stories. One one of the ones which I'm going to point out is a recent one is the latest Avengers movie, the one that's viewed before now, not the one they're currently making. Was it Avengers or Winter Soldier? You're thinking no, Avengers. Okay, no, you're right. I think I know what you're thinking of. I think it was Winter Soldier. It was Winter Soldier. You're right. They all do just kind of blend yeah, together. They, yeah, they do. Yeah, it all blends uh, together. I think I'm thinking of another anecdote, but you go on. Yeah. Anyway. Um, explain to me what we are talking about. Sorry, we're talking about a, a Captain, Captain America movie, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier. The poster. All right, poster. We're talk the, yeah, the poster of it. What's the poster look like? The poster has Captain America in a action pose. It has explosions going off. It has various things occurring. And it has Black Widow, which is played by... Scarlett Johansson. Thank you. Who... Is very attractive, but she is hold. She is walking in this poster like she's trying to walk on a model stage runway. She's on runway. A thank you yeah. on a catwalk, holding her guns in a way that nobody in their right mind would hold if they were going into. Oh, battle. and by the way, this photo has been clearly photoshopped. Her waist is too skinny. Her breasts are too large. She just can't physically. Physically, the woman could not be looking like this without Photoshop. We, we could do we have need an to... entire conversation on Photoshopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah we won't. Well, I mean, like, there's no Hollywood poster that doesn't have Photoshop in it. No, but the way they did this one was Accident particularly bad. Excellent the idea that she was the girly woman, girl. The girly girl. But she wasn't the actually in the. I mean, she yeah. was the. She was the, the kick The ass. eye candy is what she was. Yeah. In eye the candy. poster. In the poster. Yeah. No, no, no. Not just in the poster as far as superhero comics and the genre goes. Have you looked at a female superhero's costume and yeah. then a male superhero's costume and wondered where they hide what weapons that they're using and why they are wearing spandex 
bikinis and high heels if they're trying to kick people in the face. To be fair, Superman's costume is pretty revealing too. Superman is not oh. wearing heels. True. And he is not wearing, he's wearing pants under his bikini. Uh, He's got yeah, I want him to show up in a speedo and boots with a cape and then fight crime. That would be hilarious. <laughs> and it also, would make it would never more happen. Sense. It would never happen. I'm going to turn this over to Fedora, who had her hand up for a second. But I was going to say, on some of those um, female superhero stories, in which I am totally behind what you're saying, Wonder Woman, you want to understand why she has what she has and why she's dressed the way she dresses? <laughs> yes. Go back to the original, original stories of Wonder Woman completely different character and if you pay attention I don't want since this is PG-13 I don't want to go exactly into what they were uh, demonstrating but yeah whips were involved yes and being tied up was frequent (laughs) Jessica Alba the Fantastic Four she is wearing like black patent leather skin tight Uh spandex Uh and the guys are wearing something that is much more Logical for the fight. I just wanted you to notice that. Yeah, <laughs> I, also, I also, her power, the the um, Mrs. Fantastic, uh-huh. her power is invisibility and force field. So basically, nobody sees me, nobody touches me. She's the only woman in the group. Everybody else can like, yeah, they set things on fire. They can smash beat things up. And they can reach around and unlock doors and all kinds of crazy stuff and wrap themselves around supervillains and then let everyone else set that guy on fire. <laughs> She's just like, no, not not seen, not heard. Mm-hmm. You can't touch her. She's a delicate flower. Yeah. So let's talk about let, let, let's let's turn the tables. We're talking about caricatures. Let's talk about characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget which author I know was not Joss Whedon, though Joss Whedon is known for his screenplays of having very strong female characters. But another author wrote, said about how he, when asked, how can he make strong female characters? He said, because they're human. That was J. G.R.R. Martin. Okay. George R. Martin. Okay, I thought so, but I wasn't 100% positive on that. So the second, so step I'm going to ask here is to make a strong female character, are you just putting a man in a skirt? I hope not, because that's not a female character. What do you think of when you think of strong female character? I think that's the starting point for that question. Okay. I uh, I brought my homework for this one. Uh, <laughs> I decided uh, the character I wanted to bring for the sci-fi thing we were originally planning. Uh, not that one, no. <laughs> He's referring sorry, to the picture that Jen just drew. I'm drawing awesome. badass chicks while we're talking about this. Badass <laughs> chicks who are about to bleed out from all those cuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm anyway, bleed out. <laughs> anyway, go on. Go on, Matt. Uh, Ellie uh, Arroway from uh, Contact was uh, what I decided on to bring in. She's good because uh, she plays to this like uh, man in a skirt thing, mm-hmm. where she's uh, like, you know how normally in movies that they want like a strong female character, they're like, oh no, how do you write this, Jerry? Do you know anything about women? No. no. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll just we'll like give her we'll make her physically strong. She'll like punch dudes. They worry about their nails sometimes. Should we have her say something about her nails? We should say we should mention the nails thing once, but let's not do it too many times. Nail it in. (laughs) Uh, But Arrowhead, like she doesn't have that. Uh, She's just like she's just a regular person who's a scientist. She's really interested in aliens and listening to radios. Uh-huh. Zeddy. Is that Jodie Foster's? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
And uh, she goes on this whole big journey through the movie, and uh, like she's she's a person with goals and motivations that she tries to see out, and uh, she tries to figure things out as well, and does so on occasions. And she follows her. She doesn't pander to get what she wants. Right. No. Oh, and just in case anyone missed it, we are talking about the movie Contact. Mm-hmm. It was like in the 1980s or 90s? It was the 90s. It was the 90s. 90s. It was the 90s. Based okay. on Carl Sagan's novel. Mm-hmm. It was about first contact. Mm-hmm. Possible and first contact. That leaves it open whether or not aliens really did contact. But, uh, Except yeah, the... <laughs> there's a point at the end. Yeah. Yes. She yeah. didn't record anything. But she recorded 17 hours of nothing, nothing. in two seconds. Mm. I That's thought it was five minutes, but anyway. Basically, a blink of an eye. Matt, what were you me. saying about contact? You were in the middle well, of your idea. All, all I was saying is that uh, she didn't need to, like, kick somebody in order to uh, be strong. Like, they even had an action scene in the movie where uh, the religious nut blows up the first uh, spinny thing. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much gives the spoiled the whole movie. But, the method uh, of traveling to meet the aliens. The yeah. only way she interacts with it is she's in the control center and she just sees him and she's like, holy shit, and she calls the dude who's in there and is like, okay, there's a dude with, who's not supposed to be there. You need to go, like, punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's, like, her only interaction with the action sequence, but it's... You know, it's fine, because oh, she's, like, she's got her own thing going on. For, she's a scientist, for not, a mo- not an ass kicker. Yeah, she doesn't have to, like, have that, uh, the ball kick in order to be a strong yeah. character. For a more recent, co- that's very much in the same vein, a completely different setup, but same vein, is the movie Gravity. Mm-hmm. The whole movie had literally two actors in them, and the main actor was a woman, uh... Sandra Bullock. Sand- Sandra Bullock, thank you. And, um... Again, except for the fact that she had a child that died well before the movie started, by the way. Backstory, right? Yeah, in her backstory, um, some of the things she was worried about, whatever, were more female than male. But other than that, there wasn't any huge... The, the point is that she was behaving as an astronaut who yeah. was marooned in space, not as a woman who was... Uh, worried only about lady things and yeah. was waiting for George Clooney to come save her. She was behaving based on the educational background and the experiences that her character logically would have had up to that point and written as a character who's operating with but that But notice, life. they did make her be the lesser experienced one and the man was the more experienced, knowledgeable guy. Well, but that's was, why she was the hero. Yeah, yeah. If was, it was about George Clooney, it would have been boring because he knows everything. No, but right. I'm just talking about the gender stereotypes <laughs> there. The women know less than the men. Um, <laughs> yeah. Her name was also Ryan, may I point out. Ryan Stone. I'm still angry about that. Ryan Stone. Ryan Stone. Oh. It's oh. a pun. <laughs> that's awful. I was the only one in the theater who was angry about that. Now you won't be. <laughs> <laughs> um, that brings up some interesting thoughts about stereotype and identity um i know from the the queer community that oh and from being perceived black by americans people look at me and they see that or they see that and they're like this is what you are and i'm expected to be those things first but that's not all of who i am and that may not even be my primary identity that might be the um the way i primarily identify so Women in fiction uh-huh. seem to be women first, and not just women, stereotypes of women. It depends on what you're reading. I think often, like, 
as we were talking about mm-hmm. the um, the movie posters, the comic books, the women we've talked about until now, with the exception of uh, Contact, mm-hmm. right? Well, and Gravity. Yeah, Gravity. they've all, for the most part, been um, a stereotype of women. Not necessarily accurate at all anymore. They're just this is the way girls should be and think girly things. But that's because I haven't. We haven't gotten to our positive examples. <laughs> well, the ones we talked about. So yeah. Far. yeah, I'm gonna throw two positive examples out there. One, yes, she can kick butt. Boy, could she kick butt! <laughs> but she is. This is strictly novel science fiction. One of my favorite series of science fiction. Honor Harrington. She is a military officer caught up in war. You follow her. From being commander till she's some kind of admiral right now, I believe in the storyline, um, and she just had our. Sorry, just really quick recall in my mind. I'm trying to think if she, if yeah, the baby was born in the last novel that I, that I read, if I remember right. But she is focused. She is a military officer first. The fact that she's female, actually, the author plays on a lot of what the issues. That a woman would have as a military in the military, and unfortunately, in real life, women in the military face a lot of stuff they shouldn't have to. Um, and I'm not I'm not going to go into too much detail with her, except for that. Yeah, she gets caught up in war. She does have one hell of a handy handy ability hand to hand, and she does have one person who will technically save her. If you want to call it that, that's just more fight at her shoulder, shoulder than anything else. And that's a six-legged cat <laughs> who, named Nimitz, who, when he gets into a fight, his claws are like buzz saws. Ooh. That sounds very uncomfortable. Very, yeah. yeah. Okay. And there's a whole story. Um, the second character I was going to mention okay. real fast. Going back to the 80s, 90s, Dana Scully oh. from X-Files. Mm. What was she? She, she had her girly moments. She had her magic pregnancy episode right. there. Yeah. Why is there all a magic pregnancy? In all, in all <laughs> honesty, though, she was a doctor, and she was the an FBI agent. And in both cases, she has played the skeptic. Of course, she evolves. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> <coughs> but well, she has to. For the if you look at the character itself, she's a strong female character because she is a person. She's not a trope. Well, I know we weren't going to talk about video games, so I'm going to talk about video games very briefly. Uh, a wonderful example of the lady character done correctly is in the Mass Effect series. Okay. Your main character's name is Shepard. You can give them a first name, and you can choose whether they are male or female. And the male voice actor and the female voice actress say the exact same lines for the entire run of all three games. But they are being played as a character. The character's gender could be either, but that character is the same. You have some influence because it is a game over whether or not they end up being a nice commander or a mean commander, but when you play the mean commander, the mean line is delivered as written by both the lady and the man. And when you play the nice commander, same thing. The only differences come in the different romance trains you can choose because there are a couple men that are uh, just for the ladies and there are a couple ladies that are just for the men and then there are a couple that bend over like there's a, a a woman that for the lesbian 
side and also she is bisexual so she's available for the man side as well so uh those lines are delivered the same because it's the same track that was something that was off-putting um in one particular case because it was so different from the way it usually was with Jacob, the character. <laughs> Jacob. Um, uh, Jacob. Um, We're talking about Mass Effect. Yes. yes. Jacob, the character, is kind of leaning toward the male power fantasy thing. He doesn't have a whole lot of emotional development through the second game, but he is a bit of a of a muscle head. <laughs> he is. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jennifer and I and another friend played Mass Effect. Played, I say, because Jen played, and my friend, um, who was also there, got to make decisions with me. Mm-hmm. We were the little angel and devil on, on Shepherd's shoulders. shoulders. <laughs> um, and neither of us liked Jacob. And unlike with every other character, if we, you know, said, oh, do the negative answer, brush them off, um, that would just happen. With Jacob, it was all very sexual. Mm. Oh, no, Jacob. It was so odd. It seemed out of character for Shepard yes. because Shepard, up to that point, had, had been, just been a character. She'd been behaving uh, pretty even keel and level-headed, yeah. and then when given unique female dialogue, she suddenly became a, like a seductress and put her phone sex voice on. Mm, Freaking Jacob. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jacob improved in the third game. Okay, because okay. um, he was someone else's problem. <laughs> Another author, I think, that does a good job with female characters in general is Lois McMaster's Boudreaux, and she has several female characters, um, and she's even written some sci-fi romance, and it's, well, okay, technically it's romance, but let's just say the romance is almost incidental to the story, um, but um, a couple of her stories are from the main, main view of um, Cordelia Naismith, who is a woman and uh but cordelia marries someone else and then a lot of the later books are from the point of view of her son but um frankly you have uh, she plays a lot with gender roles and different in her in her science fiction world people from different planets and they're all descended from earth humans have different very different societies growing up so they have different societal backgrounds and gender views and Cordelia grew up on a place that is alter egalitarian and really what you do is determined pretty much exclusively by your ability and family ties and gender don't really mean anything whatsoever and then she comes into a place and you know marries into a world where family ties and inheritance and gender mean a whole lot so that would be really odd yeah. yeah, really odd. But it, she handles it by um, uh, actually the second. She doesn't write her books in chronological order. Mm-hmm. But her second book written, her first book was called Shards of Honor. The second book was called Barriar, which I might be mispronouncing. Well, the whole point of Barriar was Cordelia coming to terms with this new planet she's on. Be some insane culture shock. Yeah, yeah, and it sort of was, but there was a civil war in there too, and all sorts of other things. But, um, but anyway, even when her point of view character is male, the female characters are both powerful, but actually female and still care about female things too. Um, no, so you got a question? I've got another female, strong female. Oh, I do have a question, okay. but. Um, I think when you answer, you can explain some of this. I think there are different kinds of strength and different Mm -hmm. kinds of intelligences and knowledge, and 
I think with female characters, what we typically hear when we hear strong female character is woman who can kick butt. Woman who I don't need no man know how. Oh, see, Cordelia doesn't really kick much butt. And she is strong. Yes. Anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Well, part of it's a psychological strength. It's a leadership strength, actually. What she shows is leadership. She, She actually saves the day by taking charge, doing doing stuff. <laughs> I think the important part is the word strong. In the English language, the word strong can mean a couple things. Mm-hmm. There's physically strong, which tends to be implied with a strong female character. They want everyone to uh, be played by a female bodybuilder and mm-hmm. push people down. Or MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. Or right. something like that. Usually by the way, they skip the bodybuilder. Like yeah. Or, or they want them in a cat suit and they're jumping and flipping around and... Um, and being acrobatic and shooting people in slow motion and things like that. But I think the term strong as applied to this conversation should be strong as in strongly written. Mm-hmm. A strong character who is female. Active, you need, I'd say. Well, it does, they don't even have to do things. The point is that the character themselves, as a human being existing in the world that we're dealing with, has a presence there. She is a strong female character in that she has as much weight as the other characters in her narrative. She's solid. She's important. Mm -hmm. And no matter what she's doing, because being, uh, to getting away from this trope doesn't mean divorcing your character from all female things. Mm -hmm. Ladies are still ladies. That's the point. She can worry about her children. She can worry about her appearance. She can worry about fashion. These are things that she loves. But the point is that she's doing it in context of her character and her character is there existing as a human being in her story, not as, oh, well, we needed a token female. Token females like purses. Let's take her to the mall. Well, of course, characters often have more than one function in any kind of film, book, what have you. But I have a particular character that I think is an unsung heroine. Mm-hmm. And I know that she's only in this film in order to be the prize. Yeah. The thing which Ripley wants. But my heroine is little Newt. Oh. I mean, think about this girl who survives for over a year just running around with all of these hideous monsters overhead. Mm-hmm. This is Aliens, the sequel to Alien. And it was simply reason. amazing that she survived in the first place. But then she bucked right up and became a team member when a team was there. And she gets practically devoured by a, a magnificent egg. Yeah. But nonetheless, she survives that, too. And that's why she is a heroine, because she is a true survivor. And I think that that is what most women really have going for And us. she has a character arc as well. This is important. That she starts off trusting no one. I mean, she's crawling through the vents... She's scared of everything because she has every right to be scared of everything. Look at where she's living. But her character arc throughout the movie is learning to trust human beings and function as a human again until at the end she calls Ripley mom. You know, mommy grabs her because she's readjusted back to human society and is ready to trust people. Oh no, I was going to say that. (laughs) But not really. I'm going to throw out another female character and I know, first off, no one. I'm going to make a huge assumption. No one at this table has ever watched this TV show. It is filmed in Spain. It is in Spanish, and you can catch it on Hulu with subtitles for free. It is based on and is representation of a real woman who existed, Queen Isabel. 
the show is called Isabel, played by Michelle Jenner. Isabel is a show that follows Queen Isabel or Isabella from the time before she is queen to becoming queen to the point where she sends Christopher Columbus over to this world or to, over to these continents to discover. And of course he really wasn't looking for us, he was looking for uh, a got route. Her route. Lost and then east. Yeah. cashed in on it. Gold in spices. On. But she's not, she's not <laughs> a woman who is a fighter as far as I'm going to punch somebody in the face like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Who is awesome. Who is awesome. Don't get me wrong when I say that. She is the type of fighter where she knows what she wants, she's on a mission, and she's going to do what she needs to do not to compromise herself, but to obtain what she needs to obtain to get her job done. And in the end, just kind of give you an idea where as history is concerned, Queen Isabel begins. Spain at the time was broken. It, it, it looked a lot like ancient Greece, where every city was its own country. Portugal was a threat. The Moors, which were what we would call Muslims who had, were in Spain, there was constant fighting between them and Christians. And unfortunately, she couldn't fix that. I'm not. She was a woman of her time. Sadly, Spanish Inquisition comes out of this. A lot of bad things come out of this time period as well. No one expected the Spanish Inquisition. But it had to be said. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, everyone expected. But that too. she yep. ends up You're uniting welcome. Spain for the first time, and we go on to eventually the Spanish Empire, which doesn't fall until England starts its rise to power several centuries later. Queen Isabella, or Isabel, played by Michelle Jenner, is worth a watch and is a good look at both the positives and negatives of being a strong female in a time period in which, by the way, unless you were queen, and even then still, you're somewhat a second-class citizen. Uh, the movie Elizabeth mm-hmm. is kind Another of one. an English version of uh, uh-huh. that. Um, I don't remember when that came out. It, it's been over a decade now. Kate um, Blanchett, I yep. think, played okay. Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um... Going back to books, non uh-huh. this was a fictionalized tis not well let's call it a memoir written by someone that wasn't there. Uh-huh. Um, it was a dramatic retelling of the Borgias. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like uh, that was the Pope. Uh, There's a strong family in, in Renaissance Italy, There's, which was also split up. Yeah. There's a TV series about it. Yeah, yes. but I'm thinking of specifically the book. I think it's called Blood and Something Else. Uh, but um, Blood and Donuts? No, I'm afraid not. Yes. But um, apparently the sequel is coming out then, but the character of Lucretia Borgia in that, who's the daughter, is very interestingly written by this author, and I can't think of his name. And I have no idea if the series is anything like this at all because Lucretia is one of those people that has been, um, let's just say she's been played many ways by many different people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a question for everybody. And really, no, I'm sorry. I have a question for all the ladies here. Matt, I'm sorry. Technically, (laughs) you and I are out of this answer. You're welcome to have an opinion, though. Yes. When you read a female character written by a male author, and he gets it right, how do you know? I mean, obviously, what, what, what is it that the man got right in the stories? How I know is I don't notice. Yeah. Mm. 
it's easier to notice when a lady is being written wrong wrongly as opposed to when she's being written correctly because when she's being written correctly she feels like a natural part of the book or the movie or whatever she feels like she showed up today she had this adventure she interacted with her co-stars and then she ha- has a conclusion. That's when it's done right. And, you know, just because it's a man writing, that makes a big difference because there are some common mistakes that men tend to make. But women can write a poor female character as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say that. Women are capable of making these mistakes, too. And yeah. one of the things that's often a fail, and I think women are more likely to make this particular fail, is the writing and the women's... The way the women is was treated or acts doesn't match how they're behaving. Mm-hmm. So if you're writing a period romance or a, any sort of period piece, it doesn't have to be a romance, but this often happens in period romances, the women do something that makes no sense in context. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the writer realizes that. Do you have an example? I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head, but the most common one is you have a book set in the Middle Ages and you have a woman wearing trousers Mm. and defying husband and whatever and basically everyone's tolerating this and women were being burned at the stake for this. I mean, come on. (laughs) You have a 21st century woman way back in time and nobody notices kind of thing. Okay, well, actually, that's the conceit for the story. That's fine. Okay, that's annoying too, but at least I can kind of accept this. I'm thinking of one particular story where there was a... The heroine was 18 years old, and the reason they explained why she was still unmarried at the advanced age at 18... I mean, this was said in, like, the 14-whatevers. And she had a twin sister that had been married at 16 and now was widowed. But, um... She was behaving like a boy. She was completely out of control. They would have stuck her in an asylum or had her locked up if a woman, even of a noble family, was behaving that way. Or put a nunnery. Yeah. Get me to a nunnery. Thank uh-huh. you. Yes. So it sounds then like it's not just a woman with 21st century sensibilities and ideas in historical fiction that they're inappropriate for. It's that nobody around them reacts in the way that is appropriate for that time period. So it's historically... Everybody like, is getting it wrong, and it's like they're... Inaccurate. Yeah, and it's, it's an inaccuracy, but I think it's... It's specific... It's like they don't want to... They want to write the fantasy, mm-hmm. but they're writing historical romance. They get the details so wrong, the characters are coming off wrong. Okay. That's, that's specifically. The characters are coming off wrong because the fantasy doesn't match the reality. Well, other ladies, what do you think about David's question about what you see and feel when uh, you spot well-written female characters? Well, I don't think about it. I'm mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah, it's mainly the things that stick out because they're wrong for the character. Yeah, that I notice if it's a female character that's generally written well. And if she's not written well at all, I noticed that too. Um, something specific to um, gay romance fiction, I've noticed, is uh, a lot of women are, if they're together with one of the uh, potential love interests, they're the bitch. That is their entire personality. Mm-hmm. No reason, no cause, just evil. And it bothers me because 
yeah, you're glad when they're finally out of the way so that the, the couple that you read about in the back of the book is, can be together and everything, but, like, that's not an actual character, and there aren't always a whole lot of women in gay romance to begin with, so if you're choosing between the bitch and the uh, fag hag, like, that's not a lot of people. That's quite a term. Can you define that term? <laughs> <laughs> the fag hag, the woman who is great friends with gay guys and loves gay men and is like a, a fangirl for gay men. She's one of the boys, but one of the gay boys. It's just a woman. Well, uh, I know I was uninvited to this conversation, but uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about, uh, you were talking about the uh, 21st century woman in like Middle Ages... We're also talking about like other kinds of uh, characters who aren't written believably, mm-hmm. uh, and it brings a phrase to mind to me, which is uh, it's something like "never attribute to malice what can be explained by laziness." Yeah, <laughs> especially yeah. when you mention that uh, like women can also write female characters really yep. poorly. Yeah, I will like, say the gay best friend is a trope for female romance, uh, yeah. heterosexual romance. What, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's easy. Like, it's not the like... The girl best friend is one of yeah. the tokens in gay romance. I think in a lot of these cases, we're not looking at somebody, like, twirling their mustache, you yeah. know? Like, ha-ha, these will show those women. <laughs> but, like, just somebody who didn't know how to do it any better. Like, the guy I was talking about trying to write the movie about the strong woman who's just like, do you know how to do this? <laughs> no. We'll just take our best shot, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Needs a shower scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's all about picking characters, like... Unfortunately, we all exist in this world we live in, like in the real world. Uh, we, unfortunately. Unfortunately, because we're all um, inundated there. with all of these tropes that we see all the time. So if you need a side character, it's so easy to throw someone that you have... You know, they don't matter, so we'll just pick a character out of a hat and throw them in the scene, and that character becomes uh, a a millstone about the story's neck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because all you notice is how not real and fake and flaky this one character is. And women do that as easily as men do that because we're filling in the holes in our world based on the experiences we have in our world. Or the experience we have reading. Yeah. Let me ask the ladies here, and please throw yourself in, man. I'm not limiting us. You can be an honor. But, But as far as thinking about a strong female character in a story... Written before female characters became the the strong female characters became the how should I say the um, vogue of what fiction is today. Mm-hmm. That's true. They are kind of stylish. They're now. stylish right now. Alexander Dumas, Three Musketeers. The female character I'm going to mention is Lady De Winter. Does everybody know who I'm talking about? The villainous. That's a wonderful name. It I, is. I don't know who you're talking about. Lady De Winter. Okay. In Three Musketeers, Lady De Winter actually is, I may have a wrong musketeer, mm. kind of an ex-wife, separated wife of of, Atho, of Athos, if I remember right. Yeah. It's definitely one of the three mains. Um, yeah, it's not Porthos, not yeah. he's the priest. So I think it's Athos. And um, she is actually a spy, lack of a word, and an assassin, Ooh. in many ways, working for the cardinal who is, of course, working against the king and trying to take power for himself and the main villain of the Three Musketeers themselves. Mm -hmm. And she does a lot of things to try to stop the Three Musketeers from achieving their goals. I don't know if... if The the second half of Three Musketeers actually is 
pretty much them dedicating themselves to catching her. Because mm-hmm. all the intrigue and stuff is done, but they cannot find her, and she needs to be taken out. Like, half a book. That's a big book. It's beautiful. Beautifully written. Yeah. One of my um, favorites. Yeah, she's a good villainess. Yes. But is she a strong female character? Would you define her? I don't her? remember. <laughs> <laughs> she I used her wit and her feminine wiles she to get her way. She did. She was good at manipulating, and she knew what people saw her as. She mm-hmm. knew when she was being objectified, and she knew how to use that to her advantage. Much like femme fatales. Mm-hmm. That, uh, she is a femme fatale. Yes, yes. She was one of the earliest femme fatales. <laughs> I wanted to uh, bring up another thing that I see too often. Here at the end of our talk. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to throw a wrench at things again. Okay. Um, you brought up uh, Dana Scully. Mm-hmm. Why is it that when there is a woman and a man being partners in their work, doing stuff that is completely unrelated to their genders, why do they always end up having weird sexual tension and then everyone's like, they're going to be together eventually? Like, then it ends with the marriage and the series is done. Actually, I could throw an example of one in which it didn't happen. Yeah, one. One. <laughs> that tells you a lot, people. Um, but, yeah, that, what I think happens is that a lot of times, whoever's writing it... Runs out of ideas? No, no, no. That will happen Every, a lot on a TV show. If you talk to a romance writer... Um, or I, romance is probably my weakness as a writer. I would say one of my main weaknesses as a writer. So I took some courses on writing romance, especially from Bobby Smith, who is a great romance writer. And romance is one of those things that seems to feed into almost every book. Whenever you have a man or woman, or if you're doing um, queer romance of any kind, thank you. Yeah, it's, you know that type. Then the romance seems to come out of it. Look at Castle. Castle with Castle and Kate. They, as of when I last saw it, they were going to get married and now Castle's disappeared. Sorry. What happened in Bones? I don't know. They got married in Bones. Exactly. It took a Um, long time. And props to Bones for continuing it logically after they hooked up. Yeah. Continue. And I'm going to say props to Firefly for already having two of the main characters married to each other, so it was approaching the romance from a different angle. It's one of my very favorite aspects yes. of Firefly. They're awesome. Zellie um, and Wash. In the TV show The Wire, or, yeah, The Wire, one of the male characters who is, um, <laughs> he's basically a ladies' man, just we'll call it like it is. Anyway, he discovers that this woman he's got an interest in, who is in his team, he wants to have, and it turns out she's a lesbian. And instead of a romance occurring between those two, and she and he realizes, like, okay, hey, whatever, they end up becoming extremely strong partners and mirrors of each other. That's something that happens when one of them is not of a sexual orientation that a romance is possible. Right. Yeah. Okay, Star Trek at Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Very little. I don't remember any pairing up at all in Law and Order. Star Trek. It is actually fairly selective. Mm-hmm. Well, sexual tension is the sine qua non of romance. That is something you have to have if you're going to have a romance. And it sells books. And it sells books that are not romance books either. Yeah. It sells mysteries. It sells. It sells. And I'm I'm going to end this by raising since you brought up Star Trek. If you want to see a series which plays with both 
very strong female characters, and sometimes with mm-hmm. the trope. Star Trek is fantastic. Fe- strong female characters are Hora. She was never going to be the object for Kirk. Not in a chance. You had they kissed once, and it was forced. It was forced. Then um, also to Janeway, Balana, Kira, um, Beverly Crusher. I will point out statistically, women were much more likely to get married or get together on that show than men, simply because they were more men than women on that show, as there are on all of them practically. that is a very serious lack, especially if you happen to be an actress, oh, for yeah. example. There just aren't the parts. Yeah, yeah. that's something to Orange think is about. Orange is black. When that's you, a, that's a, <laughs> When you see, I think there was a study done about TV, when you see the breakdown of number of characters by demographic of all kinds, you get a very skewed perception of what normal the, is, what the world population yeah. is. Mm-hmm. It's very wrong. Yeah. I do... Um, Want to say something though about okay. characterization? We're, we're going to give you the we're going to give you the final mic. All right. So, as readers and as writers, I want everyone to think about this. When you're upset that a female character did X Y Z, before you go off on her for being an awful person of many different kinds, ask yourself if you would be equally mad if she had been a male character and done those things? The answer is usually really embarrassing for the reader slash writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have one last thing for uh, the writers <laughs> out there. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was mentioning earlier about uh, the mustache twirler is uh, that's also a pitfall for you. If you think to yourself, well, I'm not a sexist, so my, char- my female characters will be fine, it's possible you will fall into a trap. What so be that? careful. Was that Malice quote you had? Uh, never attribute to Malice what can be explained by laziness or error. So don't be lazy, writers. Amen. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for listening, and tune in next Theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her. Right Pack Radio would like to thank STL Books for allowing us to record in their office. STL Books is a online bookstore specializing in new and used high-quality literature, children's books, and books written by or about St. Louis. Please visit them online at www.stlbooks.com or find their store on the Amazon.com website. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.